you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. You know, we all have to be careful so that what God is saying, the Bible says, interpreting spiritual things with spiritual, okay? So that we don't come off like um, uh, the first contributor was sounding as if God doesn't want something profitable for us. That's not what he's saying. What we are learning is that Jesus said, you went to bring food for me, but I have eaten. Praise the Lord. And we want to learn to eat that food that is better than the one they went to buy. He wasn't starving. He didn't say, ah, now you've come. I'm, I've starved to death. My throat has uh, become firewood, you know. My throat has dried up. I can't eat again. Is that what he said? He said, no. By the time they came back, he said, ah, they were saying, you won't eat again. They said, ah, ah, I have food to eat that word. You do not know. So while you were away, I ate. Does that sound like somebody who got something less? Praise the Lord. He got more. That's where we want to get to. Let's not have the mind that this thing we're learning is to punish us. And that's where what you're reminding us. He said, if you knew the gift of God. Now, our brother also contributing here saying, when God does not answer my prayer. Let me ask you. If you went to the hospital and you finished seeing the doctor, okay, assuming that the, um, the pharmacy were like a supermarket. So you go and you pick what you want, okay? If you went to the pharmacy, let's say you were having an um, irritated stomach, so you needed something to stop it, right? If you went to the pharmacy and you saw a pack that contained um, what makes the stomach run now, what drug loosens it, you saw a laxative. And you wanted to take it. And the nurse said, no, I will not give you laxative. I will give you flagell instead. Are you going to come out of that pharmacy saying that the nurse did not answer your prayer? Is somebody getting the picture I'm painting now? What are you going to say? What will you be saying as you go home? Understanding what your situation was. Understanding what the laxative, I wish I knew a name for a laxative. Sorry? Andrew's liver salt. Okay, yes, thank you. And then you had wanted to take Andrew's liver salt, whereas you already had irritated stomach. But what the nurse gave you was flagy. Will you be going home saying, well, whether the nurse answers my prayer or not, I will still pay them. Is that what you say? What will you say? You'll be thanking God that this nurse did not allow you to have your way. Because you know by, you now know from education, by more knowledge, that your way was detrimental to you. That is what happens when you know the gift of God. Praise the Lord. You see, the human mind says, I'm paying the price, I'm suffering. No, nobody suffers. God is too good in our eyes. That's why the Apostle Paul says, these light afflictions, they are what? Working for us a far heavier weight of glory. Any prayer of mine that God does not answer is good for me. Because you know why? He is God. He knows what is good for me better than I do. Are we getting it? So we don't fall, you know, go off as if there is some austere God, you know, wanting. To, yes, he will discipline us. But he disciplines us like the Bible says, for our own good. It says our earthly father disciplines us with trial and error as the way that seems best. But God, who knows the end from the beginning? Everything he releases to you is good. Anything he withholds from you is good. That's what we are trying to learn. Praise the Lord. 
So our Lord Jesus made it clear. He said, my meat, not that I don't eat. He said, for today, now, I was very hungry, true. I was thirsty, yes. I was worn out, I was tired. But when you went to get me this physical food, I have eaten some other food. So I'm not so keen. Joy has, how many of us have been so happy that you lost appetite? That's it. He didn't say food was bad. And that's where we want to get to. Where we are satisfied with something more than food. Praise the Lord. Something more than God. I think somebody sang this song, hasn't Uh Where we are satisfied with something more than, where we come to God for more than food. Praise the Lord. Where we come to him for more than all those things. Why? Because we have found the joy of something higher. You see, in the natural world, on the negative side, drug addicts will sell everything they have will starve so that they can get their drugs. Because to them, those drugs gives them a satisfaction that is more than food. The women will go into prostitution and do anything. The men will rob, they will sell. No matter how good your nice you to them, they will steal from you because that thing they want, they want it. It's a hunger. It drives them. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, zeal for my father's house as well has eaten me up. He has consumed me. All I want to do is to do his will. And when I'm doing his will, nothing else matters to me. Why don't you pray, Lord, bring me to that level. Lord, do it for me. Praise the Lord. Yes, God answers prayers. Lord, do it for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that is the essence of what we are learning. Okay? There are dimensions in God. There are levels in God. And this is the level that... We need, we talked about Nigeria. This is the level that changes a generation. This is the level that brings down the power of God. This is the level that brings down the thing that we need as a nation. If you are living in America now, or maybe some, you know, country that is all developed and everything is working, you may not need this level. But for where we are as a nation, we need people, we need Christians and believers who would desire something much more than survivor. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. So that's the background of what I believe the Lord is saying to us. He said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish it. To finish it. To do it and do it well. To finish his work. He said, that satisfies me. Praise God. If you come with me to Psalm 37, we see something there. Psalm 37 verse 4. I was thinking of us looking at the entire Psalm. Please, when you go home, just meditate on it. It's loaded, the entire Psalm. But Psalm 37 verse 4, it says, it captures it there. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord. Okay, let's read three, please. Three, three and four. It said, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Plus, what are you feeding on? You know, feeding on his faithfulness is not the same thing as feeding on his food. When you're counting someone faithful, it means that you give him some room. Am I right? You give him some room. You see, when you don't know somebody, some years ago, Momichi was in the market and was prizing the malam that sells things. And Momichi said to the man, let me pay you, let's say, for 1000 or whatever. Because it's mint. You know, you know mint. The man said, don't worry, give me old money, but give me the amount I want. <laughs> you know? Now, 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 now praise, praise. he said, keep your mint. Give me the amount I want. Now, now, you see, if you're dealing with somebody on his faithfulness, you can tell the person, okay, is it you? Okay, come back tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying? 
Because you know that he is what? Faithful. But when you don't know, you're willing to take something less. Because you can't trust the person. That's what the psalmist is saying here. He said, trust in the Lord and what? Do good. Dwell in the land and feed what? On his faithfulness. Then he now goes on to four and says what? Delight yourself also in the Lord and what will now happen? So first off, God is not against satisfying your desires. Praise the Lord. God is not against satisfying your desires. The only thing there is this. God loves you more than you love yourself. Do you believe that? You know, there are some things that you just need to take in, write on your phone and keep asking yourself questions. Let me ask one by one. Do you believe that God loves you more than you love yourself? Have you come to the revelation? Do you accept that fact that God loves you more than you love yourself? Praise the Lord. It's good we're saying yes, but dwell on it. Because if you can settle that, the devil is defeated in your life permanently. That's where Adam and Eve fell. They failed. That was their failure. That's the failure of everyone. When you lose sight of the fact that the God that you have to deal with loves you more. So when it comes to prayer, the God you're praying to wants something better for you that you know to ask. I want this. I want to go here. I want to go here. And I don't want to go here. And God says yes or no. Remind yourself that this God that is answering, restraining or releasing wants better for me than I know to ask for myself. Is a, is a good place to get to. So the psalmist says there, when you delight yourself in this God, what is he going to do? He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, what does the word delight mean? Delight means to enjoy, isn't it? It means to find pleasure. It, it, means, to, it means to be, you know, enraptured, just taken away. So what is he in essence saying? What is he saying? He's saying, forget about yourself. He said, lose yourself in him. Enjoy him. Praise the Lord. You know, push yourself inside of him. Find your satisfaction in him. We can almost say, you know, be a fool for him. But then he says, when you're a fool for him, what is he going to be for you? He'll be your provider. He will satisfy you. That is what God is. That's where he wants us to come. Establish that this God wants your interest. And that's where we have to, you know, come to the place of revelation of the spirit of the scriptures. Because you can read the Bible and see the power of God and all the things God can do. And every day you want to go and get God to do things for you. It's a place of misunderstanding. It's a place of trust. Okay? God wants you to trust him because he can do it. But when you now trust him because he can do it, what does he expect you to do? Obey him. And many times the path of obedience might not look like it's leading you to what is the desire for your heart. We mentioned David on Sunday. Praise the Lord. David was on his own. God sent the prophet to anoint him to be king, isn't it? After he anointed him king, did he become king immediately? The king that was there, what was his one agenda? To kill David. Now, if David did not have trust in God, he would have killed the king. And we will know how the story will end. But you saw how consistently David was almost behaving like he didn't want to be king. But did he become king? Today he's still a king. Jesus Christ our Lord is called the son of David. That's what happens when God's will supersedes your will. David could have made himself king. And we probably may just hear him and he became king after three years. That's it. 
But he reigned 40 years. His son came in Solomon. And up to today, this reign is being recognized. Why? Because it was not David's will that was done. It was God's will that was done. I want us to come to love the will of God. It might not immediately look like what we want it to be. But if we knew the gift of God and we knew the love of God, part of what I wanted, you know, I want us to look at tonight is the goodness of God. And I think we've looked at it this year. Is it this year we looked at it? God wants you to know his goodness. You see, many people who call themselves Christians don't know the goodness of God. And that's where the problem begins. The serpent said to Adam and Eve, he said, God knows that the day you eat of this fruit, you will become as wise as God. What is that saying? He's saying God is not being straight with you. He's not telling you the whole truth. God is keeping some nice things from you. That's temptation. You're a young lady, you know, you're a young man, and there are sexual temptations, and you're not married, or you're getting old, and the people, friends, family, concerned ones are saying, Better can have a child. Though. This thing, this your own spirit is too much. What's wrong with you? Okay. What are they saying? Obeying God and keeping yourself chaste and waiting till you get married or whatever is not good. Somebody is keeping something that is good from you. Help yourself. Sort yourself out. Don't those people sound nice? But in their niceness, what they're implying is that God doesn't love you as much as them. So next time somebody gives you such an advice, sit down and ask yourself, or maybe you call the person, send the person a test. Please, can you cut me one finger? I need just one finger of yours. They won't give you a finger. They won't, even, they won't even probably donate blood for you. Praise the Lord. But the God who commended, demonstrated his love towards you, that while you were yet a sinner, he gave his son to die for you. They are telling you they have better plans. Can't you see it's the devil? So the believer must come to know beyond any doubt, beyond any shadow of turning, the goodness, how good God is. How good God is. It's so important. Yes, Psalm 31, let's move back from where we are now. Just move Psalm 31 verse 19. Let, let, let's see what it says. Psalm 31. It says, oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who do what? Who fear you. Which you are prepared for those who what? Trust in you. God has goodness. But it's laid up. Praise the Lord. It's laid up. People enter into it. You read the Bible. You see men entering into the goodness of God. You see Joseph entering into the goodness of God. You see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego entering into the goodness of God. You see Job entering. That's why we trust. So we can be partakers of those. We enter in. Praise the Lord. God is good. Everyone Christian must, you know, constantly remind himself. You must dig, dig. Every day you're reading the Bible, as the Holy Lord, show me as you're driving. Lord, give me a revelation of your goodness. In Exodus 33, Exodus 33, let's look at a few scriptures there. In Exodus 33, from verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from there, and the people whom you have brought up from the land to the to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I'll give it. He said, I'll send my angel. This is when God was trying to, you know, uh, lead them to the promised land. He says, I'll send my angel before you, and I'll drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. He said, go up. Notice that. If you're looking at it, notice. He said, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst. Why? He said, lest I come to you on the way, for you a stiff-necked people. 
Now see, what is God saying? Go and take the blessing. I won't go with you. Just go. I won't be, I won't be with you. Just go. I'm going to give you the blessing. Go and take it. But the Bible says, when the people heard this bad news, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord has said to Moses, say to the children of Israel, you are stiff-necked people. I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Now, therefore, take up you know, your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. So the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb. Okay, come to 12. Let's jump to 12 now. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not yet let me know whom you will send with me. You have, yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, verse 13, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Praise the Lord. Notice that before they were going to get the blessings, but there was no rest. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures abound forevermore. So God says here, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Then Moses now responds says, if your presence does not want, go with us. Do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? Except you go with us. We refer to this on Sunday. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Okay? We are seeing something that is happening here. But let's jump to verse 19, which is where I want to I'll touch a bit of what we read. Verse 19, then God said, I will make what? All my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. You see, God is saying, I will reveal to you my goodness. So you know who you're dealing with. Say, Lord, reveal your goodness to me. At this point, he had not entered into. But God was saying, I will make you know the caliber of God you're dealing with. Praise the Lord. I will make you know. How great is the sum of your thoughts towards me? How great is your loving kindness? That's what the psalmist was saying. I will make you know my goodness. My goodness. In Psalm 27, 13, David was saying, it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that word. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He was saying, yes, that's what kept me. In Exodus 34, the next chapter, verse 6, where God was introducing himself, this, I think this was the passage we looked at the other time. It says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. Praise the Lord. People of God, it does not matter what I am going through. God is good to me. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing, what God is good. You know why? He's abounding in goodness. It is that understanding that will help you experience it. The book of Hebrews says to us, He that comes to God, what? Must believe that He is, that He is good. So when our Lord Jesus Christ says, My meat is to do His will, to do the will of Him who said, and to finish it, He's not making a choice of affliction. He's making a choice by revelation. He came from the Father. Praise the Lord. 
In Philippians 2 from 5, where it says, let this mind be in you. At the end, when he had laid his life down, what happened? It says, wherefore what? God had what? Highly exalted him. Did he waste his life? And giving him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, what happened? Every knee should bow. I want us to catch it. So when you're being sold out to God, you're not being foolish. It's only reasonable. Praise the Lord. Considering who you're dealing with. If men, if people, you know, we're in Nigeria, we see politicians, we see, you know, civil servants. We see the way people fight and defend, you know, and do all kinds of things. There's this um, lady in this government now. I feel for her when this government will come out. The Igbo lady, Loretta, the Onochi. I feel for her. The way she insults people, attacks people, you know. And you're wondering, you're doing this just for a government, you know. You're doing this for a government. How good can they be to you? They give you money. I remember many years ago, after the election, um, after one of the elections, I was on a flight with Professor Ibu. The man was almost hiding his face. He could sense the hatred. Why will you do all of that? People do all kinds of things for men, for temporary benefits. But we are serving a God. Praise the Lord. Who will be good to us forever? Praise the Lord, somebody. Let me show you another story that will help us. Because when we say stand for God and, you know, give up everything for God or, you know, place your life on the stake for God. We're not asking you for something that can never be a loss. It's not possible. You know, the enemy has a way of telling us sometimes or rather showing us sometimes where some of our contemporaries who are not born again, how they are making progress. Maybe you're a lady, you have a friend, or you had friends before you got born again, and you see how they are living life and still marrying, and all kinds of things are happening to them. You know, but have you ever wondered your own path as an unbeliever? Do you know whether you would have been the lady that one of the Yahoo Yahoo boys would have finished, and then you're naked in the market, and you're Speaking something else. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? You're thinking, you know, if I were in the world now, I would have been this, I would have been an MD, I would have been this, I would have had that, I would have had that. But who told you that your path, that you would have still been alive? Who told you? Do you know whether some, you know, I mean, you just don't know. And all that flows from that fundamental suspicion that God's, will for you is not as good as your will for yourself. But the devil is indeed a liar. Praise the Lord somebody. Yes, he's indeed a liar. Come with me to Numbers 25. It's a man we know very well. We've heard his name often. This man is called Phinehas. And I'll just give a bit of a background. We know Balaam. Balaam had tried to curse the children of Israel and did not succeed because God was changing the curses to a blessing, to blessings. So Balaam advised the people of um, Moab and said to them, what you're going to do is that the only way you're going to get these people to be, you know, to be punished or to be dealt with is that you have to get them to sin against their God. And there is no new trick. Nothing, there is nothing new under the sun. Sin is still the problem. Everything that is happening, the difficulty, the hardship is to get you to sin against God. Anyway, so the curse didn't work. And Balaam said, just do organize, you know, Barak was the king, organize, you know, religious feast, invite the children of Israel, tell them, come, come and just fellowship with us and let your women sleep with their men, you know, compromise them. He said, when you do that, their own God will destroy them. And exactly that was what happened. They invited them. The Bible says, so Israel, verse 3, 
of 25. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor. And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, verse 4, Take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord. Out in the sun that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. God still hates sin. Let nobody deceive you. Sin is still what it was. Okay? This is how God responds to it. Why? Because sin destroys. Sin kills. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who were joined to Balopil. And indeed, while they were doing this, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of Israel who were weeping. These people were weeping in repentance. And this man was bringing a fresh babe. Now, verse 7 says, When Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he said he rose up from where they were weeping, from among the congregation, and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. Do you see what is going on here? We pray for such righteous indignation in our time. Some people won't say amen because they don't want the javelin to be on them. But you see, this is what gets God to move. Can two work together unless they be agreed? We cannot be asking God come down and then the very thing that we know he wants, the little we can do, we're not doing it. God was angry. God was angry. And he began to destroy these people. But when this man, you know, ran and killed those two people, which was, it was gross. No matter how you look at it. One strike, two people, he pinned them down. But the Bible says the God of the whole earth, you know, the judge of the whole earth, the one who doesn't do wrong. The Bible says, so the plague was stopped. Who doesn't want the plague to stop? We want the plague to stop now. Praise the Lord. Now look at the rest of the story. Now it says, and those who died in the plague were already 24,000. Now, let me ask you a question. You know, many times we human beings still the same thing of thinking about God's goodness. Are we still in the God's goodness arena? Now, what this man did, some of you might feel, eh, but uh, how many are feeling like that? Eh, but uh, but uh, let me ask you now. Look at the next verse. It says, how many people have been killed? 24,000. If he didn't do it, do you know how many that would have been killed? May we be delivered from thinking that men are better than God. No man is nice. The best of man is wicked compared with God. Many times we do things trying to be nice, but we are killing more. That's why the next verse says 24,000 were already dead. So when he killed two and the plague stopped, he saved thousands. That's the principle of holiness. When the Bible says concerning, um, what's his name? Achan. When Achan stole and hid the Babylonian guy, they accosted things. And Israel went to war. How many people died? Would it not have been better if the wife even reported him and they killed him? One person would die. But thousands died. You cannot be nicer than God. His children died. The woman herself died. You can't hide sin and think you're helping God. You think you're being good. Imagine if that man came back with that thing. And the wife said, honey, I'm coming. Pastor Joshua, come and see. Brings him to the house. See what my husband brought. That very day. What will happen? They will take the thing out. They will kill the man, Abby. They may not even kill him. But assuming they kill him, she will remain with her children. But she did not do it. Children of Israel lost how many men? I think a thousand something. Innocent men died. And then she still died. The man still died. The children died. 
Nobody is better than God. The devil is a liar. Are you getting what I'm saying? Nobody. Anyway, so this Phinehas did this. And the next line records for us already 24,000 to let us know. Because he knew that there will be very, some, you know, very self-righteous people that say, ah, his own is too much. The people who their own is too much are the people who are helping to keep the rest of us. Every day we are hearing people are being kidnapped. Things are happening. We wish someone his own had become too much to help to stop this plague. Praise the Lord. You know, I don't know how the faces of some of us are, but I'm looking at the word. Praise the Lord. Then, now look at where it gets interesting. This is where it gets. Verse 10 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them. Look at it. So that I did not what? Consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Wife, report your husband. Husband, if he won't hear you, report to be laughing. Ask Ananias and Sapphira. If Sapphira had appeared there, and Peter said, say, hold it. I told him. I told him. I told him. I told him. But she said, yes. What God has joined together, let no man. It says, so I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. What if he, he does that? He will lose his job. It's better when you lose that job. God is faithful. He has a way of recompensing you. They will kill. God forbid they kill. But even if they kill, people are being killed every day. Didn't they kill the uh, Pastor Andini? Are they not killing? Praise the Lord somebody. And everybody will die. If they are doing to people, what will not happen? You know, praise the Lord, brethren. Let me ask you a question. Do you know that everybody has an appointment? The Bible says. Many want to ignore it. The Bible says, appointed unto man. Wants to die. So, if they are going to make somebody's appointment to be in two years' time or one week or whatever. It's an appointment. It cannot be two times. If you miss it today, you will meet it tomorrow. Why don't you meet it on purpose? Praise the Lord. Yes. Anyway, now this is what God begins to serve this man. So we see how this works. It says, Therefore say, Behold, I give to him my covenant of peace. It says this man, No plague. You know, some scriptures will claim, There is a foundation. When he says, No plague will come near your dwelling place, Phinehas can live in it. He say, I give him my covenant of peace. And it shall be to him and to his descendants after him. A covenant of an everlasting priesthood. Because he was zealous for his God. And made atonement for the children of Israel. There is one language I like in the Bible. When you read your Bible, take note of them. When you see because. Because. You see, people can just come and make you feel anyhow. They are becauses. And when you find those becauses, you'll be settled. He said, my covenant, I make it with him. He said, because he was zealous. Give us um, any other translation, maybe message or amplified. He was zealous with my zeal. Not he was zealous with his zeal. He was, you know, people can be zealous with their own zeal. Zealous with my zeal. One of them says, he had my jealousy. It's 11 that we're looking at. It's 11 that we want to see. He was as zealous for my honor as I myself am. That's what we're learning. That's what Jesus came to teach us. He says, I and the Father are what? Are one. So, I and the Father are one. 
is good in the things that benefit me. But I must also be touched with the things that touch him. In fact, that one is for everybody. You know, the Bible says concerning gifts of the Spirit. It says he gave some this, he gave some that. So there are some gifts that I may never have been given. But to be zealous with his zeal, we all have that. Praise the Lord. It's not all of us, you know, I can come and pray here. All of you become billionaires. It's not all of us that become billionaires. For some of us, billionaireship will be detrimental to us. If I will become billionaires, we'll pull down this church. Because we'll remember that when they were building this church, you brought your donation of 5,000 and the way the, you know, CA received you. I said, why are you disturbing me with 5,000? Now that you're a billionaire, you pull it down and build another one to prove to them. It's, it's not every, there are some things that we desire. It's not given to us. It's not like basic, the fruit of the spirit. Goodness, kindness. It's for everybody. It's not everybody that will raise the dead. Praise the Lord. No, it's not everybody. It's not everybody that will preach to one million. But everybody can be kind. Everybody can love. Everybody can be gentle. We don't want the ones, every, everybody can be zealous with his zeal. It doesn't have to be before uh, King Ahab. It can be before your gate man. There are things for everybody, but people don't like that one. They want the one that, was, that shows you it's not the Lord's zeal, it's their zeal. It's human philosophy appealing to your interest and your pride and your selfishness. You know, there are messages you preach that everybody will like because your touching is like an advertisement. Hey, whoa, whoa. there's one advert I read of. They said two children went to the supermarket. And the children were about, you know, I don't know, but it must just be a story. You know, very young children, let's say five and six years. You know, they went to this pharmacy and they asked for tampons. And the seller said, are you buying it for, you know, your mom sent you to get these tampons? They said, no. The six-year-old one said, no, I'm buying it for my younger one. And he said, why are you buying the tampons for your younger one? He said, because my younger brother wants to swim. My younger brother wants to jump. My younger brother wants to, you know, ride bicycle. So in the advert they saw, you know, they showed someone swimming. They showed someone riding bicycle. And then they said, because they have tampons. So the, the boy wants tampons so that he can swim and ride. You see, advert, it will appeal to anything. You come to church like this, when they advertise prosperity like this, and advertise greatness, you're not hearing anything, you're just seeing yourself there. Meanwhile, you're a man, you want to buy tampon. They have so sold it to you. That's what happens. Nobody discerns what is God's will. They appeal to your pride, to your, you know, self-glory. Just, you, it's you, 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 it's you, it's you. Get it now, get it now. And you now want tampon. I'm telling you. He said for my younger brother. He said why? He wants to play badminton. He wants to be able to play because those who use tampon play it well. He wants to be able to swim. Say they saw in the advert that when you use tampon. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Brethren, what are we saying? God is good. God is good. The reason we choose his will is because if I could use the word, he's gooder than us. He's gooder than us. In every situation, he's gooder than us. You know, the Lord reminded me, say that I should tell you. The model prayer in Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9. Our Father which art in heaven, what does he say? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. The other one says, give us this day what? God is not against your daily bread. He's not against your daily bread. That's why he said we should pray. But before you pray for your daily bread, you know what you prayed? Thy will be done. That's what we are learning. So sometimes his will might look like it will eliminate your daily bread. But let his will be done. 
knowing that it's his will that is being done, you know that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Apart from our Lord Jesus Christ, nobody was anointed as Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle. But he says many days hungry, not fasting. Did he reduce his anointing? Did he reduce his effectiveness? No, he taught him something. Then he could now come and tell us that I've learned to abound. And that's anointing. Those who say the anointing is only to enjoy. No, now that's Saudi Arabia type of anointing. It's not this Christian one. Praise the Lord. Ought not the Christ to have what? Suffered and to what? Enter into his glory. Why are we being armed with this? Because, listen, the will of God being done, the reason God is choosing you or is interested in you and I doing God is because of the greatness he has for us. But when we run from it, when we avoid it, we chip in our lives. We prayed with David and we said how David served his own generation, what? According to the will of God and slept. Up to today, David is the most popular name. David. Every family has a David. Why? Because this man served his generation, not according to his will, but according to the will of God. Don't you want to get to heaven and be glad for what you did on earth? Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't you want to finish your race and look back and be glad that God used you? We mentioned the promises on Sunday, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's look at that. So the Lord is saying, no, let them not be afraid. You will be pleased. When you finish your race and you see you did my will. Then he said to us, fear not little children. It's the father's word. Good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But choose my will always. Choose my will always. Praise the Lord. Second Peter. Second Peter. From verse 1 to 4. But let's just take 4 because of time. Okay, let's just start from 1 quickly. We'll read it quickly. He says, Simon Peter, bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. For now, let's read for together everybody. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. What has been given to us? Exceedingly great and precious promises. That what may happen, that through these exceedingly great and precious promises, what will happen? You and I will become what? Partakers of the divine nature. Now the last part says what? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through love. Have been given... To us means past tense, Abby. It means it has been given. It's settled. What was given to us? Exceedingly great and precious what? Promises. So what is given to us is a promise. I'm not holding anything. But the promise has been given. And he said, this promise is given to me to achieve what? What? So that I can be like God. I can behave like God. I can have the nature that I can what? Become a partaker so that like Jesus, I can say I don't need the physical food. I don't need the money. I don't need the sex. I don't need the human glory acclamation. Why? Because I have the promise. Now, but it says for me to get to that point, the last part says what? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world, world through what is lost? Lost means you want it, get it. So what does it say? Deny myself. 
for us to enter into that divine nature, we have to lay hold of the promise and keep ourselves under. If we don't escape the corruption that is in the world through loss, we will never attain to the divine nature. Many messages you hear coming from pulpits is appealing to lust. Now, let me tell you something. It's one thing for you to come down and every service we call people and then you came in, your hand was behind you. Then we'll pray like that woman and then the hand will start stretching a bit. But it's also another thing for God to keep your hand from twisting behind you. So that when you come, you just lift up holy hands. You know why? You're walking in the divine nature. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? You see, this is scripture. You live in a place of blessedness. By reason of your communion, you dwell in his presence. The Bible says, know you not that your bodies are temples of the Holy Ghost. He said, whoever, whether it's you or any other person, who defy, he said, God will deal with it. Do you know the blessing of being in the state where you are? You see, human beings want show. We want them let nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. They say, listen, no news is what? Nothing is happening is because God is keeping. Some people do hide and seek with the devil. The devil will hit Saturday night, Sunday morning, then they will come and vibrate. Then Tuesday, the devil will hit again. Then they say something is happening. Is that what you want to happen? You don't want that to happen. It says you become a partaker of the divine nature. You're occupied with higher assignments. I read the Bible. Timothy had his frequent infirmities, um, which was the other one that was going to die that Paul was thanking God for. But how many of the apostles do you hear of their sickness? Now, the unbeliever that you encounter, lay hands on him and God will heal him. Praise the Lord. But when the believers gather, we won't make laying hands the essence of our gathering. He called them that they might be with him. Isn't it? That what may happen? That they might become like him. So continually when we come. Now, are you sick in the body? The Bible says, send for the other, let them pray. Praise the Lord. Because God heals. God delivers. You know, devils are cast out. But that's not the main part of the show. Those are the things that are done on the side. So you can't create the entire program around that. Because everything we do, you say he gave some apostles, prophets, teachers, for what? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. Till we all come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. That's what it's about. Now, all those things, anything that hinders you will be dealt with. So it will become history. So that forgetting the things which are behind, you can press forward to the mark of the high call of Christ. You know, that is what it's about. But those who don't have this understanding... Their eyes are looking, searching. Wonder, 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 wonder. In fact, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me show you a scripture about wonder. Let me show you one interesting scripture in the Bible. Deuteronomy 13. Many of us may not have seen it, but this is Bible study, so we learn that. Deuteronomy 13 from verse 1. Quickly. It says, if there arises among you a prophet, a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign and a wonder. Go on. And the sign of the wonder comes to pass. Of which he spoke to you, saying what? Let us go after other gods. So the sign and wonder has come to pass. And he now says to you, because this thing is working. He said, let us go to this place. Which you have not known. Or let us serve them. Three. He says, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. Why? He said, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So some sign and wonder people see. God wants to know, are they born again? Are they looking for wonder, wonder? 
In fact, sometimes God allows us to walk to see what is in your heart. He goes on and says, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey. He says, you shall serve him and hold fast to him. Look at five. Look at what he says he should do. He said, but that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be what? Mm-hmm. Not advertised. Why? Because the sole conclusion of what he was doing was to lead you away from the Lord your God. So wonder is not a proof. Our Lord Jesus said to us, many will come on that day and say to me, I did though. I even used your name. And what will he say? You didn't do. He didn't say he would tell them he didn't do. He just said, I never knew you. You were not working for me. That's simply what he was. He said, you're not working for me. So when somebody tells you all of that, ask yourself, is it a test? Is it a test? Praise the Lord. I pray you will pass your test. I'm not telling you what I've not experienced for maybe for a few people who are new in the church. I was going to a place where they were telling me the the breakfast I ate, the color of my curtains, what my wife said to me. 100% accurate. Telling me conversations I had before I came there. But the mercy of God was upon me because I was seeking for God. My pastor who had never seen a vision for me, had never seen, in fact, misled me. I wanted to do, let, let me help us tonight. Praise the Lord. Somebody will be blessed today. As a Christian, I took somebody, somebody, 409 person in church. You know, I went with him to my pastor and we were to do business. And he said, God is with us. Let's go. The person was 409. He duped me millions of money then. Talking of 1995, 96, about then. That's how wrong it was. But this same pastor told me, don't go to this woman that is seen accurate. 100%. And I stopped. You know why? There was love for God. I was not looking for wonder. I was looking for God. God had mercy. The woman said, your pastor will tell you join prayer department. I went and met the pastor. Pastor said join prayer department. That's how accurate she was. Listen, God made us to speak. Abby, is us anointed. God made a dead person come out in the form of Samuel the prophet. Was that Samuel? You see, if you're born again and you're serious, God is testing your heart to... And all that test is not whether you're strong. It's whether you trust him. How else do they check trust? And the pastor said, don't go. I thank God I didn't go. Because even my aged mother-in-law said, this type of woman that sits down and men surround her and her eye is shining like this. What kind of prophet is she? He said the way, the way, the way. He said, what type of woman? You know, you know some simple wisdom. What type of woman will just sit with her eye just shine, and then men will just surround her? But she was, you know, he said, that dreamer of dreams, you know? So we must press in and get into the place of safety. Praise the Lord. Into the place, because God is about to bless. God has good things in store. But you see, he wants to be sure he's dealing in love. He said, God wants to make sure that this thing you're doing with him is a love thing. That's why I said, delight yourself. It's the same thing that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? He said, these other things will be added. It's, God cares more for you, sir, more for your future, more for your children. And the reason I'm compromising is for my children. Do you love those children more than God? The reason I'm doing this is, you know, ah, hey, yeah, you know, one, one, somebody has to so Are you a better sorter of yourself? God says the sparrows, he said, not one falls to the ground without your heavenly father approving. God loves you. Let's rise on our feet. God loves me. God loves me. God loves you. You know, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. 
The other day, you know, just meditating on the goodness of God. The Lord said, some people that are complaining marriage. He said, those women that their husbands are killing in America. Do you know whether that um, person from Houston that you wanted to marry, do you know whether you would have joined the statistics? You don't know. Praise the Lord. The Hebrews have, you know, a saying, say, Kim and Kaim and Koza. That's you know this side where you are. Do you know the other side that you are not? Praise the Lord. So, Father, we thank you. You love me. You love me. You love me. You're mindful of me. You're mindful of me. You know where I am. God knows you're in Nigeria. God knows I'm in Nigeria. God knows we're living under Buhari government now. And we know he will intervene quickly. He will show us mercy. He will deliver us. God knows about the pain. God knows the sorrow. God knows the disappointment. God knows. God was in there every time that Penina will be painting uh, Hannah. God will hear her. And God was planning a sure, a sure destiny. You know, a Samuel for, for Hannah. God knows where you're going, what you're going through. God knows where you are in. God knows the pain. You know, the emotional pain. God knows the financial hardship. God knows the insult. God heard the words they spoke to you. Somebody you're here and some persons have said words to you that hurt you. Release those words. Release those words. God heard the words. Allow him to deal with it. Don't break your heart. It's already broke. You see, God has taken it. Just occupy yourself. The songwriter says, break my heart with the things that break your heart. You know, God says, ignore those words. They mean nothing. Nobody can curse whom the Lord has blessed. Praise the Lord. He says, I love you. I love you. My will is to bless you. It's my plan. It's my desire. I have a good plan for you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts of good and never of evil. I am your God. Delight yourself in me. Delight yourself in me. And I will surely give you the desires of your heart. He is a God that is always able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. So just begin to thank him. Say, Lord, bring me in. I want to swim in the ocean of your love. I want to breathe in your love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online.org. God bless you.